Hey, welcome to episode 8 of Sitting In. I'm surprised I made it this far. I'm usually quite bad at sticking to <laughs> sticking to things, but the feedback that I get is is worth me continuing, and I really enjoy these conversations. So um, if this is your first episode of Sitting In, then welcome. If it's not, and you've listened to the other ones, then good on you. Thanks for staying. Today I'm going to be sitting in with Christoph Nayens. Christoph is a guitar player who is well known for his Instagram videos where he plays guitar in his pyjamas. <laughs> but no, Christoph has a very distinct sound and I, I can always hear when it's him playing. And today we get into a little bit about that, but more relevantly, we get into his new book that he's just released. So if you're into kind of guitar books, then you might get a lot out of this. Yeah, so what have you been up to in this uh, last couple of weeks since we last caught up? Um, it's basically been full-on book uh, for me, book mm. release. So that's taken up most of my time, um, which is great. I mean, I'm happy it's out. Mm-hmm. And other than that, um, I'm recording some some songs with uh, with my girlfriend which I'm very excited to share um, whenever they're ready. So, yeah. Nice. What kind of form does the... Well, I guess it's a duo. Or are you adding more to it? Uh, we are adding more. It's going to be like full band songs um, nice. and production and all that. Um, but it's very guitar-driven and voice-driven because it's our thing. You cool. Know? It's, uh, yeah. yeah, it's quite original, I think. I hope. So I think, yeah, it will be. I've not heard your girlfriend's music, but if you're on it, then I think it will be original because oh, you she certainly... Is, she's incredible, man. Oh, she, yeah. You need to send yeah. me a link. Yeah, I will. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was cool to meet you guys back uh, back in Boston when... Uh, that was two years ago now. Um, yeah, it's crazy. But yeah, I was saying that I think you have a really unique sound, so, um, yeah, thank so you. Hear, hearing that on record will be really cool, actually. Like your approach to collaboration. I think it's always interesting hearing how people collaborate. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's what I enjoy most, actually, playing for other people, playing on other people's songs, channeling the energy and trying to suit, to fit the song, suit the song. Mm. That's what I love. So, yeah. I mean, I'm not the guy you hire for a cover gig, right? So, right. <laughs> I don't know. I would. Uh, I'd get you in a cover band gig if it was going to mean that we could hang out for a night, <laughs> just yeah, yeah. like play some tunes. I think that's yeah, the funny thing about music industry. It's like, you know, it's, you could kind of be the guy who gets the cover gigs, but you could also just be the good guy who gets all the gigs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. think I'm that. So no. <laughs> maybe maybe one day. Yeah. Well, one thing I was want to ask you is, um, you're in Belgium right now, yeah? Yeah. Cool. Because I'm aware that you've dotted about the place between Boston, Belgium, and potentially Australia. Yeah. Um, so tell me a bit about what's happening in Belgium right now. Like, I understand that you're a, an artist, that's your job. You do music, you teach, and all that. Like, what's the current climate for that, given the situation? This is the only podcast I'll have released that is actually proper up to date. So this is a situation we can talk about for the first time on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, it's an interesting question um, because, I mean, right now I'm not sure if the situation is very different all over the world, you know? I feel like everybody is a bit in the same boat and we all have to get by yeah. in some way or another. Um, but here in Belgium, I mean, I can only speak for myself, right? So... I still teach uh, online and I have the books. So for me, not a lot has changed since I'm not in a band at the moment. Um, because like you say, we're traveling all over the place. Um, but all of the gigs in Belgium have stopped. So a lot of my friends are out of a job now, which mm-hmm. is terrible. It's a really t- tough situation for everyone. And um, yeah, I'm also happy to hear that 
you're doing well, you know? Yeah. Like One thing I was like curious is because in Scotland, I mean, there's the start of some sort of government help if people need it. Um, you know, like people who do only live off gigs, they'll need more help than someone who's still a student. Um, is there anything like that happening in Belgium where artists can get support? It's there's the ideas in place, I think, and this may have changed when this comes out. Um, and some self-employed people already qualify to get some kind of bonus or mm. what do you call it? And um, sorry, I'm getting a call. Can you hear that? A tiny bit. You want to take it? No. <laughs> sorry man it's all right it's all good um but so far artists have really been left out of that whole um idea that whole sketch that they're setting up mm. the whole thing and that's that's really painful to see it's like um well you don't really have to stop working so we're not willing to help you and that's Unfair. really hard for it yeah it's yeah. very unfair so yeah yeah well it's pretty hard it, uh, yeah everybody's having sort of same situation it's been really cool in a way cool to see how other creatives are having to adapt you know we're all in a position of having to adapt in some sort of way whether it means yeah. working less and dealing with having less finances or maybe having to work more with what you already have you know everybody's in a different position yeah. and some people or being are... creative with what you can do and um like uh, you, i'm sure you've come across this uh, by now but this uh session legend tom bukovac has been uploading uh, youtube videos now mm. and it's been going really well for him and it's also a great source of inspiration for any of us any kind of guitar player musician so it's really great to see someone like that sharing the wisdom, sharing what he can, just because he has the time now. Mm. So it's really great to see something like that as well. Yeah, I think the flip side of that is that um, I, I didn't personally think that online lessons were a saturated market three months ago. I don't think it was, um, but I think it is now. Everybody is trying to teach online. And I don't know if you've had this, but I've had a lot of people hit me up and ask like, how do I teach online? Like, can we maybe do a session where you teach me how to teach online? And um, yeah. it's it's cool, but the market's going to be super saturated now. Yeah, you're you're right about that. Um, and I mean, like for you, my biggest source of income is teaching, is teaching online. So um, it's not necessarily ideal for us if the market gets saturated or if you get undercut. Um without saying that people shouldn't be doing this because everybody needs to take care of themselves, you know? Of course. So it's it's understandable that everybody is kind of pushed in that direction. Um, I think it's great. It, I, yeah, I don't think it's a negative thing. I think it's great that people are having to adapt. Like, people should have been doing this five years ago, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. having an online presence and, like having maybe students if you teach in different parts of the world because um definitely i don't know about you but i've found that to be like one of the most enjoyable parts of teaching online is like having people all over the place like come for lessons and it's so many different people it's great yeah i, I totally agree plus there's i mean um there's so many different kind of players teaching online now like an important thing to realize when you're teaching is what your strengths are and what your weaknesses are. Like I would never take on someone who w really wants to get into jazz because I'm not that kind of player. I don't know enough about it. So it's important for me to be aware of that and then maybe pass them on to you, for instance, who has all that knowledge, all that vocabulary that I lack. So it's great to have that ability too now because mm -hmm. it's so diverse. Yeah, it's very important for you as a teacher to be kind of honest within sort of what is you can teach and what you can't teach. Yeah, exactly. Because um, you can get in probably a pretty awkward situation, you yeah. know. What's important to me now that the market is getting so saturated is that teaching is really a different skill than playing. And it's important for everyone to realize that if you want to start teaching. And um, like, for instance, when I was teaching in a music school back in here in Belgium, there's some people who are 
just really, really good at explaining the basics. And I'm not one of those people, for instance. But it's important to find your strength and then use that to your yep. advantage. So it's it's a skill, you know? You gotta find what works for you. And Absolutely, man. And you your students will be so much happier as well. Um Yeah, yeah exactly. I should have got you in on the podcast with Jack, Jack Handyside. We spoke all yeah. about this. Yeah, I uh, I remember. Yeah. yeah. We all, we talk about this a lot. I think it's fun. But I think one super relevant thing that I really want to talk to you about is you're the thir- first uh I think the first author that I've got on the podcast. So congratulations. Thank and you. also Thank congratulations you. on the book that came out yesterday or the day before. Um yeah. I'll be putting the links to all that kind of in the in the description so people can check it out. But I've got we'll try and do this in like a methodical way. All right. We're, I don't okay. want to just dive straight into it. Let's like kinda get around the sides of it. And anyway, my question is this. How on earth did you get into writing books? Um, and maybe explain a little bit to the audience about what these books are, because it's not like you're writing Harry Potter style fiction. No, books. I mean I try to create some fictional characters in there, but they, they, I'm not very good at that. <laughs> all right, cool, cool, cool. Um, no, uh, well, first of all, thank you for uh, for mentioning it and for saying congratulations. That's really nice. Um, so. I write for Fundamental Changes, which is basically a company that writes instructional material for musicians. And um, I got into this because of Instagram, actually. It's uh, it's not all bad, the social media, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's... Uh, um, I got asked as an artist for the Neo Soul book um, to write a piece for it, like Mark Letiri was asked to do and then uh, after a few months the phone rang again and it was Simon the original author of the Neo Soul book and he asked if I was interested in co-writing it so um, I immediately took that opportunity because it's, I mean it's a fantastic way of sharing knowledge with multiple people at the same time you know it's mm-hmm. like teaching on on a big scale or something um so I was really happy with that uh, opportunity. And ever since then, Joseph, the uh, let's call him Mr. Boss, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, has given me the opportunity to write some books on my own as well, which is really, really nice. So, yeah, the new one has just come out and I'm super proud of this one. This is like my baby. This is the book I wanted to write when I first started. Oh, great, so, man. Yeah, I'm really excited for this to go out. And it's about... Uh, it's about tapping, so the technique, tapping. Um, and it's about a way of including this in any style of music, just as a technique, as a means to express yourself. And that's kind of the the aim of the book, how to use this technique in your own way, in your own creative way. And I think, I hope I did a pretty good job. But yeah. I'm really happy with the with the result. I'm excited to check it out. I think one thing you said there that was, to me, uh, incredibly important is that you give a skill to enable people to express themselves. And that's something that a lot of lessons online really just lack. They'll give you a transcription or like some licks and it's just like, well, there you go. You can use these licks over this chord. And that's cool, but you're missing a lot of the puzzle. It's like, well, how do I use it as me as Reese, you know how how yeah. would I use tapping? And I'm hoping I have some time to dig into your book, and uh, well, maybe maybe I'll find an answer in there. I hope so. If not, also let me know because it's a way to improve, you know. Um, but it's something that Joseph and Tim, who's the editor, um, real are really adamant about that. You write a method, like you really hand them the technique, break it down, and tell them why as well mm-hmm. the how to and the why so in in this case it was important to all of us that the readers understand that the technique is a means to an end and the end should always be something musical so ask yourself why why are you learning this um so this book has a lot of little segments where it's like um a piece where tapping is used in a certain genre or musical style so 
there's a blues piece, for instance, and you, I mean, you could argue that tapping has really no place in blues, right? So um, that is true in a way, and I'm all for playing to a style and digging deep, understanding the tradition. But when it comes to expressing yourself, I think those rules can go out the window. You know, I think Jack also mentioned this. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the rules really don't apply when it's about self-expression. Um, so this is hopefully a way that people can learn the technique and also have the ability to get creative on their own. Cool. So if you had your ideal student or person who was going to pick up this book, how, what, how would you describe them? You know, like some people would say, this is for early intermediates or like someone who knows the blue scale. Okay, good question. Um, What's your market? Who is your market? The market is, in a sense, everybody. And I know that kind of sound, that sounds too broad, but I'll explain why. Um, it starts with the absolute basics. So it starts with the fundamentals. Um, you are supposed to have some kind of knowledge of the fretboard there's not a lot of portions of the book where i dig really deep into for instance the caged system it's mentioned it's Mm. outlined it's explained very shortly but not in depth so you're expected to have some kind of background information already you're supposed to be able to for instance play the pentatonic scale But if you can do that, this book is already a great starting point to start including tapping into your arsenal. So um, that being said, there's a lot of really, really advanced pieces in this book as well. So it covers a lot of area. Cool. So you could kind of... There you go. Sorry. I was going to interrupt and say, so you could work from the beginning sort of forward and there's a progression through the book as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, let me get the outline because, I mean, why not read that, hey? Yeah, man. And while Chris is doing that, Christoph's doing that, you should all absolutely go and search for his books on Amazon. Can you just remind me what they're called? There's Neo... In fact, you tell us. The Neo Soul Guitar Book, mm-hmm. um, Guitar Looping, The Creative Guide, and... The, the, new, new one. the new one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's it called? What is it called? Creative tapping. Yep. For modern guitar. That's it. Great. I dig it. So yeah, you'll find those all on Amazon. They're yeah, they're right there when you search a title. Yeah. Um You winning? Um, uh, my computer is a mess, as you can tell. It's fine. You can cut this out. No, it's fine. I keep it all <laughs> in. It's it's natural. Right. Yeah, it's, it's good. Uh, it's it's po- good. Hey, sorry for interrupting the podcast. I'll just be one minute. If you're receiving value from this podcast, consider supporting me by getting some of the sitting in merch. From teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash sitting dash in dash podcast. That's T E E s-p-r-i-n-g dot com forward slash stores forward slash sitting dash in dash podcast yeah so i guess while you're finding that actually why don't you tell us a bit in order about the books because you know some of these books i've heard more of i've heard more about the neo soul one compared to like the uh the looping one for example um like i actually forgot you even had that to be honest um which is it's really cool i should probably check that as well but um, tell me a little bit about what your segment in the Neil Soul book aims to provide people with. What's the goal in your part? Um, I wrote chapters three, four, and six in the Neo Soul book, which was single note lines. Oh, we split that up. We split that up, single note lines. Um, my part was aimed at phrasing. So... Um, the use of vibrato, mini slides, bends, stuff like that. Things you can do to your line to make it more expressive. Chapter four was about double stops, how to integrate a sense of harmony into your lines. And chapter six was advanced 
licks so aimed at uh, intermediate and advanced guitar players it's at the end of the book so yeah that was tricky some tapping mm. some harmonics some ex- advanced techniques cool and then a performance piece nice so people could do this for like music exams like in their their school or something if they uh, feel like it definitely there's also a backing track uh, in that one so nice yeah. nice yeah all right so before we get onto the news one what about the looping book how did that come across or how did that come about what was the inspiration behind that it's it's kind of a funny story, I think, because um, I was pitching ideas for a next book after the Neo Soul one, uh, which again is a co-write. Um, I was pitching ideas to Joseph and I had four four ideas worked out into detail, like this is the idea, this is this this would be the outline. And then on the bottom of that email, I said, or, you know, we could do something about looping. And he was like, I like that idea. Let's do that. Right. And I had I had nothing prepared, but he really like he he saw a niche, I think, some something an opportunity to write something about a subject that hasn't been written about before. Um and that's why we went with that. And I think that one is really aimed at um beginners/intermediate players. It's got a lot of uh, practice tips in it, a lot of, again, how to stay creative with the use of a looper, how to get out of a rut. Mm. So I tend to focus most of my books on channeling someone's own creativity. You know, I think that's really important for any musician, and that's what I try to get across in my lessons as well. You know, I, I give you a concept. Now yeah makes sense yeah mm-hmm. nice yeah. and then leading on to the latest one have you found your uh your script yet <laughs> i have not but i'll uh-huh. i'll remember uh-huh. it so uh it starts off in chapter one with uh with the fundamentals and there's a lot of video material where i show you how to mute strings how to be accurate how to make sure your volume of the tap notes is uh, adequately mm-hmm. loud um, some exercises on finger independence, and then at the end of that chapter, there's already a a performance piece that you can you can learn that's that is not too hard to get your um, head around. Mm-hmm. Sorry, my English isn't isn't perfect, so oh, no. <laughs> I stumble it's, sometimes. It's great, man. It's great. Um, and then in in chapter two, there there's some classic tapping licks so some cliche tapping lines if you will because it's important to mention that stuff as well Mm -hmm. you know why is it a technique what has it been used in which genres and then i instantly start adding other techniques to tapping like hammer-ons like bending again some tips on phrasing on how to be more expressive while using this technique and that's all in chapter two, and there's two solos that show you how to use multiple ideas that are mentioned in chapter two musically. Cool. So again, you work your way through some examples, and then you can learn the whole solo because you've basically seen every lick separately as well. Right. And then chapter three is really didactically... Um, strong i would say it's all about arpeggios Mm. so there's a lot of theory in there and it goes from just triads of major and minor chords to um like add nine chords dominant seven chords in multiple octaves mostly in a linear fashion so that it's suited for tapping rather than sweep picking or something and after that we start including more fingers of the tapping hand all right that's where it gets tricky yeah yeah, so that's chapter four, and it starts off quite easy, like with the same licks as in chapter two, and but you start using multiple fingers for instead of, for instance, sliding between notes. Mm-hmm. So tapping and sliding. Now you use two separate fingers of the picking hand, mm-hmm. and then chapter five is literally th- those are all the pieces that are written in a certain style where tapping is used. 
in that genre. Cool. So those are yeah, those are a bit longer and yeah, it was it was tricky to record all of this because I don't use a, a fret wrap or what do you call it? Like, oh yeah, like stream yeah. mute. Yeah, it was tricky. But uh yeah, I mean great not, challenge. It was not copping out. That's what I like yeah. to see. <laughs> Trying to make yeah. it harder for yourself. Now yeah, that's exactly. cool, man. I but learned so. a lot actually by recording this. Oh no, totally. <laughs> that's one thing I um I got better at because of Instagram actually was like being able to get takes quick, you know, mm. just record something and like hopefully the first take. Uh, I mean, it's, it's rarely the first take, but you know, being in that situation where it's like, oh, I'm going to record something like doing it every day when I used to do that, uh, kind of not uh, into it now, but, um, yeah, something to be sad about putting yourself in that position and just having to make something happen and, uh, recording examples are pretty, hard licks is definitely one of those you're gonna grow yeah. you're gonna get better yeah, but, um, exactly. yeah when i first met you or well when i first sort of knew of you i think you'd like just started at berkeley and then we managed to meet up in what year is this man it's 2020 in 2018 it was march 2018 yeah wow, it's, good it's, memory yeah uh, it's because it came up on like facebook or something recently oh, like yeah. there was a photo when i was in new york um so oh, yeah, yeah. yeah what what's changed between now and then because you must you f did you finish your no you didn't do your whole degree you focused no, on I something didn't. else yeah how about we focus uh, yeah. on that for a sec how was that experience for you of being in uh the most popular college in the world i guess for music um well maybe i should say why i went first yeah because cool. i um I went to uni here in Belgium and I studied musicology. I got my master's degree and then did another master's in education. Oh, jeez, man. I never knew you had two master's degrees. Yeah. What yeah, age are you? Of... Sorry? What age are you? 27. Damn. That's yeah. good going. Well done. Well, yeah. I've got the forever baby face, you know, so uh -huh. no one will ever just, know. Just a quick question <laughs> before you do move on. What was the degree in musicology like? What did that entail? Well... In Belgium, at least, it's basically um, focused around classical music and then analysis and history. Those are the main things. Um, it's, yeah. I chose that because I was afraid of going after my dream, you know, which is mm. playing guitar. Um, I didn't think it was good enough when I was 18 to pursue that. And then... I basically spent every minute practicing when I was at uni instead right. of going to class. Still finished uh, my degrees. And then I was like, okay, so now I figured out what I want to do in life. And I've got these degrees. So it feels stupid to not use them. Yeah. You know? So I was looking for a part-time job so that I could become self-employed as well on the side, mm -hmm. which is an option you have here in Belgium. But I couldn't find a part-time job, so I was basically just stuck at home. And I was like, okay, well, now I know what I need to do in life, which is play guitar to make myself happy. You know? Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, I'm not doing anything. May as well apply for Berkeley. <laughs> yeah. Got in, um, went. And as soon as I left Belgium... All of the job offers started rolling in. It was <laughs> ridiculous. So... Um, after, oh shit, sorry. You all right? After I, I kicked the mic. Oh no, it's fine. I didn't hear it. <laughs> okay. Um, after like, after one semester, well, basically two thirds through the first semester, I was like, yeah, no, nah, I'm out. I mean, I'm going to take this job, which, um, which was a good call, actually. So I, I moved back to Belgium and then I started teaching at two oh, schools, wow. teaching privately, playing for a big choir here and doing some session stuff and all kinds of little things. So mm -hmm. I was basically doing what I wanted to do at that stage. And right. the only thing it took was getting into Berkeley, not actually going, but getting into it. Oh, wow. It was it, because it doesn't make any sense to me. Still doesn't. Because nothing changed, in a sense, you know? Mm. 
find that really, really odd. Yeah. But being there was super inspiring to come back to your question, you know, yeah. um, <laughs> being a man, I'm rambling on. It's all right. It's all right. Go for it. You're um, doing great. <laughs> we're, we're, we're cheering you on, man. Come on, Crystal. <laughs> Uh, yeah but it was yeah. it was super inspiring like yeah it really i can was. imagine and, and um well i met my uh my lady friend there as well so mm. leaving was a bit difficult in a way as well even though i was doing what i wanted to do over here in belgium um so we did long distance for a while traveled a bunch and she is now finishing in august She's finishing her degree. Mm -hmm. And then the plan is to move to Australia. Nice. So, yeah, I mean, if everything clears up, if we can travel again. Yeah. But right now we're in a bit of a pickle because half of our stuff is in the States. Half is here in Belgium and we're supposed to get everything to Australia. Right. So yeah. Good luck. That's all Thanks. I can say. <laughs> so what's the attraction to Australia? Oh, I fell in love with it, man. I think I've been there four times now, and it's just, it's gorgeous. Mm. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. We're about gorgeous. in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, how are you, Reese? Tell, tell us about you. What are uh, your plans? <laughs> oh, I'm I'm good, man. Um, my plans are to uh, just keep creating music and trying to develop that, I guess. Um, that's my main kind of goal as a musician yeah can't and, wait um, for your album man sorry can't wait for your album oh yeah great oh, someone's looking forward to it <laughs> definitely um yeah I'm, I'm excited to get this stuff out it's been a long work in progress but it's not like it's been a lot of work either it's more just like getting a band in the room at the same time is bloody difficult especially now yeah yeah well definitely right now um so yeah, that's kind of what's like at the, that's my main project for this year. And so that should cool. get all my attention once this stuff is finished. Um, but yeah, other than that, I'm just teaching right now. Obviously that's all I can do for work. There's no gigs. I can't do any performances. Um, workshops are not happening, obviously. Um, although I did continue doing workshops for the first couple of weeks of this because I am... Um, I was actually considered essential for the uh, health services because wow. of the stuff I'd done in the hospital, uh, which was cool. That's great. Um, so I was allowed well, to do that. A round of applause for Reese because he's a great man. <laughs> oh, no, that's well. really admirable, man. Really, it's yeah. Mm. Well, great to give back. Yeah, I mean, there's only so much you can take in for yourself until you have to do something for someone else. Yeah, you know? definitely. So you get you're like a balloon. You need to let gas out every now and then. <laughs> Believe me, I do. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. But um, yeah, that was such a bad analogy. I, I don't know if you have this, but when I teach, I uh, I teach a lot with analogies and then I try and get inside the students sort of like, it's important for me to know what their hobby is other than music. Because if they yeah, like yeah. cooking or sports or whatever it is, I'm always trying to compare. It's like, well, this is like this and... Uh, that's the kind of bad analogy I would give during a lesson. It's like, you know, it's just like a balloon, you know, we've got to let gas out sometimes. It's like, <laughs> oh, cool, man. I thought we were teaching you uh, like scales or something. <laughs> yeah, but you got to see. <laughs> I, uh, I completely agree with taking on board the personality behind the student as well. You know, if you connect on multiple facets of life or however you say that, they're going to enjoy it so much more and so will you. So, yeah, I mean... I had a student, and we only t ever talked about soccer or football, I should say. Mm. And Fair. So, yeah, that was great. I mean, cool. other than music, of course. Yeah, because, yeah. I mean. <laughs> of course. I was um, a couple of things that I noticed in your your sound and particularly your instruments is that they're all quite unique. So you have like generic shaped guitars, like you know Strat and Tele. Mm -hmm. um but they all sound and look just a wee bit different like there's something going on and uh, i spoke to you a couple of weeks ago and i do now know about how much or how into tone and like searching for the right materials in a guitar uh, that's something you seem quite um passionate about and that's really cool here because for me i'm like 
oh, can I plug it in and does it make noise? Does it feel good? Yep, cool, we've got a guitar here. But you're way more methodical uh, and you were telling me all about different wood types and it's pretty cool. Something I've never considered. I mean, I understand like the difference between necks, you know, and like the a body might have a different type of wood that might sound a bit different, but you seem to know your stuff with that. So I'm curious, We I know we spoke about this briefly, but there's a couple of main guitars you have. You've got the LSL and then yeah. you've got like a Strat, I think as well, right? Yeah. Like, and then there's your Tally that's got like the B-Bender. Yes, exactly. And I've built another guitar with a B-Bender on it now. So yeah, that's kind of the new sound I'm I'm going for. Yeah. So how does that, yeah. like, how did you come to building your own guitars? Like what happened? Well, in short... And I'm sure I'll give you the long as well in a second. Cool. I went down the rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what did it start with? Did it start with like pickups or like strings? And then you're like, well, what if I change the pickups? Like, what was the progression? It, I guess it starts with with strings, right? And and once you start the trying too many things and noticing things that really shouldn't make a difference to anybody except for you but they start to make that difference it's impossible to let go of these things right. that you noticed um so it's really hard to talk about this because a recorded guitar sounds like a guitar recorded guitar right yeah yeah but it's it's more about the feel than anything else uh-huh. and this is maybe something you can relate to as well because if you pick up another instrument with for instance higher action or solid body versus hollow body you will approach that instrument differently you will play differently and that's kind of the idea i i go for with my guitars as well Mm. so it's they all serve a purpose and without going into too much detail like this is why i like pine and (laughs) i mean i'm I'm curious because i don't know any of that stuff oh it's 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 very simple it's a feel thing you know right right it 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 resonates differently and even though when you record it and um the signal that goes into the pickup might be the same as on another let's say it's a telly uh might be the same as on another telly the way the guitar resonates and reacts is different. For instance, my pine guitar is super light and it resonates like crazy. It's like, right. Yeah. It's like plugging in a vibrator. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Um, Hopefully that's not the kind of analogy you'd give to a student. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Um, so, um, it started with uh, changing strings, changing pickups for my first real guitar. And then I was like, okay, well, that's not it. And it's still not exactly the way I want it. Let's just put a different neck on it. And that turned out to be very easy. And then I was like, oh, maybe I should just buy some parts, start building, buy another guitar, switch everything around. And now it's like an addiction. So, nice. yeah. but so is this, is this cheap- like a... Sorry? It makes for a cheap new guitar day because I can just switch two necks around and I have two new guitars. Right, you know? right, right, right. So is this like a weekly thing? You're like just changing necks or is it something that you, uh, you kind of get settled with and then you have it for a while and then you get bored? Um, certain necks work better with certain bodies. It's usually to do with not necessarily the wood type, but the way the pocket is shaped. Mm, like some yeah. Sometimes it just fits better and then you got... Yeah, a more resonant guitar. So it doesn't really happen on a weekly basis, but if if I mess up, then I got I'm gonna fix it soon yeah. as well. You know, that's cool. I'm like I'm rubbish when it comes to tech, like uh, guitar tech, like tech. I'm I'm pretty good with, but like guitar tech is uh, I can change yeah. my strings, and that's about it. It's, it's like all you need, man. It's all you need. I don't know, as like you say, I, it's yeah, it's it's to make music right but i go so deep into this because it pulls more out of me as well then yeah when it's it's really my guitar then yeah there's i I feel like there's more of a connection and Mm. even if that's totally made up 
it makes a difference. Yeah, no, totally. Me. So yeah. yeah, I wish I could like even just switch out pickups. Like I've never done that, and uh, mm. I usually just there's a guy I get uh, my guitars worked on. Um, so there's a guy who works on my guitars, and he's just great, and uh, it's not cheap, but he does it very well. But I think it'd be handy if I knew how to do like some things like that, like even just like when and how to adjust your truss rod. You know, I'm just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it must be fine. You know, I'll I'll just keep playing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, unless your neck is bent. Totally yeah, I mean, not my guitar neck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I went to um. I went to see a chiropractor when I was, uh, just got to college. I was like 17, I think. And, um, I came out thinking that I was in so much trouble because everybody is out of alignment, your spine, right? I'm kind of relating mm-hmm. this to you, the bent neck thing. Yeah. And, um, I went in and I got like scans of my body and she like touched my back and like moved my arms about and stuff. And then she showed me the x-ray or the scan and she's like, all right, you've got like three misaligned vertebrae and you know they don't tell you it's like yeah most people do it's like it's not that yeah. serious it's like i came out being like oh my they want to see me three times a week it's 30 pounds a session i'm a college student how am i gonna afford this and i remember calling my dad and be like just trying to explain the situation to him. i was like right i went to see a chiropractor and i'm i'm broken man like why didn't you tell me this <laughs> but, um it's funny that's good yeah Actually, one of the first things we talked about ever was that um, was posture while you practice. Oh, did we? And yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, oh wait, think was this was this a copy in... of? Sorry, this wasn't when we were in Boston, was it? No, right, um, cool. it was over social media. Right. Um, I think you posted a book of like posture for musicians or something. Something right, about right, anatomy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anatomy, the anatomy of guitar. Yeah, yep. and it's it's such a s- subject that's also important to teach and it's so easily forgotten about. And, I mean, if you have had something like that, like you had to see a chiropractor, mm. you don't tend to forget about it anymore. You also give this to your students, you know? Yeah, 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 totally, man. I'm always trying to get my students just to sit right. And there's just so many bad habits that we we just have i wish i was taught like good sitting posture when i was a kid um same man i'm still the worst i pick it out in other people instantly but myself i I, it's it's really hard to find even now it's 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 just um i think it's a mindfulness thing i don't think it's anything to do do with like physically having to change stuff are you familiar with the alexander technique yeah i am cool because if if people who are listening if you don't know what the alexander technique is about it's kind of a non-manipulative way of resetting your posture is based on the principle that we're all born with perfect posture unless you've got some sort of condition like scoliosis or um, something like that and their whole philosophy is about trying to use your mind and like some movement uh, to encourage that state that we were all born with that's my belief uh, sorry that's mm-hmm. my understanding of it um, is it something that you've practiced or had any lessons in? Um, something similar. Um, it's called Feldenkrais. Never heard of it. And it's 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 roughly the same actually. Mm. Um, it's it's kind of again mindful movements to then later be able to not think about making the correct movements. Yeah. Or sitting correctly. You know, like hardwiring you to do the right thing without having to think about it yeah you know so it's it's roughly the same feldenkrais alexander technique it's Mm. yeah so uh if it's something that you've studied then do you have any advice to people who maybe just have they feel like they have bad posture when they play guitar obviously it's a super personal thing you know some people just don't put their feet flat on the ground which is silly but like you've basically said one of the most important things there Right. Put your feet on both on the ground. You know how many people sit with one foot on the other, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's so bad, man. Yeah. It's so bad. Yeah. Think think about the amount of time you spend doing that if you play guitar, even two hours a day over the course of your life. Like, your ankle's joint is going to get messed up. And then, furthermore, it all leads up. And then your hip's tight. The side of yeah. your back's tight. And your whole... Like, I'm in a position right now because I played for hours when I was a kid. I mean, I still do, but, like, 
when I just started playing, you know, it was, it was, the whole day was just guitar, and I didn't have a clue what posture even, like, I, I never thought about it, mm-hmm. and I wish I did, because now I have just, like, my uh, right shoulder is, there's just a lot of imbalances, and yeah. uh, it's all because of playing guitar in a way, which is funny, so when I get a young student, I'm always just saying, oh, watch your posture, watch your posture, and it's probably annoying, but you know what, uh, if they get to my age and they're still playing, they'll be grateful. Yeah, you're totally right. I actually had a teacher who uh, pointed it out constantly as well, which I'm really grateful for. But every time I practiced, it went out the window. You yeah. know, I was that that kid that needed the other person to be there and say, right. what's your posture, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's when you're a kid, it's not something you think about, though, is exactly, it? Exactly, yeah. Because but, you, you don't have any ailments or... It, nah. Just, yeah. It doesn't hurt, so why change something that's not a problem? Yeah, and, and then, then you have to spend your whole adult life reversing these problems that exactly. we create for ourselves. Never sitting here complaining like old men. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it's so it's so uh, important though. And if you're uh, over the age of, in fact, yeah, if you're like over the age of eighteen, for example, and have just started playing guitar or been playing for years, um, I do personally recommend that you consider two two or three things the first thing is before you play um this isn't a video but do some arm stretches to stretch out your forearms and then practice sort of stretching and open up your chest because when you use your fingers it all comes from um well it comes from your spine all your nerves are connected to your spine so if you can open up the kind of uh, parts that are mostly being used is, is kind of helpful so i'd say like your neck your chest and your arms and your fingers if you've got time for it um if i'm gonna spend a whole day playing or if i have a gig and i don't know we all get a little bit tired when we play gigs i think um or at least i do so i always just need to make sure i like give a good stretch and the other thing i would recommend if you do suffer f- from any tightness at all um that will come back if you don't fix your posture is at least go and get like a deep tissue massage because i've found those to be incredibly helpful for just breaking down the fiber and tissue and you know it it hurts and getting yeah getting knots out of the muscles and it's it can be really helpful yeah yeah but one thing that i learned recently after are you familiar with twina don't think so no all right it's like a chinese uh is it a needle point? Um... Uh, they do use that, but it's not about just that. It's like a combination of a couple of different Chinese things with uh, Western approaches as well. But I was speaking to the guy after getting some treatment and um, he had suggested, well, if you want to have better posture while you're playing guitar, he had one suggestion. It was, uh, other than the obvious things, like keep your feet on the ground, is breathe into... I'll keep it simple, but breathe up into your chest. And so you take a like, and for me, that just relaxes my shoulders and puts my scapula, my shoulder blades into the right position. So whenever I feel like I have crap posture, I just breathe up into my chest, like my solar plexus. And when I breathe out, sometimes it takes like three breaths, but everything usually sits into the right place after a minute. So whenever I want to reset myself, that's what I do. And it is very helpful. It helps get rid of tension in a couple minutes. Fantastic. Yeah. Thank you for that. Oh, uh, no, I hope it benefits someone because yeah. I, again, it's these small insights that, I don't know, you just don't get taught. You have to yeah. find them and they just kind of pop up. So yeah, if you're listening and have any <laughs> guitar tension or guitar aches and pains, uh, <laughs> try those things. They'll help. And if you have any you know, specific questions, reach out as well because... I've suffered a lot. <laughs> Not too yeah. much. Yeah. I mean, we're musicians, haven't we all? <laughs> yeah, that's part of the part exactly. of the thing, really. Tormented souls. Yeah. So, what are you? I'm curious. What are you working on just now, like in music? I know you said you're working on a collaboration. Um, yeah. But is there any specific things you're shedding or composing, or what's what's happening in your your world? I have. Just yesterday, um, written down some ideas for a next instructional, either book or video course or whatever. Cool. Um, and that's the next goal. Um, other than that, we're recording that EP, which will be out at some point. 
there's no pressure, so we'll see about that. And I've made myself a practice schedule again, and it's been years since I've been practicing like this, and I'm loving it. Oh, great. So what? how does that look? What's the practice schedule looking like? Well, it's basically mind. a flow chart so that... Um, I don't, actually, I don't know if flow chart is the right word to describe it, but it's it's like a calendar, right? With, for instance, the first thing that I've written down is vibrato, right? And every day I practice my vibrato for 15 minutes, I can take it, take it off, right? Right, right. The idea is to not break the flow. So if you do it every day... It's, it's an idea I stole from uh, Bob Reynolds, actually, the saxophone ah. player, who is actually one of my biggest influences musically and on, yeah, on saxophone as well. Because, wow. Um, oh, I forgot that you played saxophone as well. Damn. Yeah, not good, though. So let's not go there. <laughs> not well. Um, so, yeah, and, and I try to practice these things every day, not necessarily start with vibrato, because if you get too stuck into one routine... I get bored quite quickly. So um, for vibrato, for instance, I, there's many ways to practice vibrato. So you, you, I can still switch it up, but vibrato is one of the things I work on. Cool. Um, and the idea is to not break the flow for 30 days. Then take a little break, which is actually essential, that little break, and go over what worked, what you liked, what you didn't like. Did you get through the 30 days? If so, why? If not, why? You know, mm-hmm. just analyze why you. So, is it just one technique that you shared for a whole month? Uh, no, no, it's it's a couple. It's I just took this as an example, right? Um, but this might be interesting. I actually wrote down things that I think I'm already okay at, right? So, um. Like if I would describe my style, I would say it's based. It's it's pretty legato based, um, and harmonics, tapping, and stuff like that. Like things I I like the sound of st- things I like to do myself. So um, what I'm trying to do now is develop those even more. So I'm limiting myself to the things I'm I like. Yeah, and because. As Tim Pierce said, limitation creates style, right? Mm. And by becoming better at the things that I'm already, that I already do naturally, is how I should say it, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to create more of a distinguished sound, I think. Yeah. And that's kind of the goal. Totally. Okay? So, um, of course, there's, there's other things on there as well, things I'm not good at, like alternate picking. Um, but that's basically warm-up exercises. Um, mm-hmm. There's also playing over backing tracks, develop your ear, transcribe. And it's every segment is like 15 minutes. The whole right. thing adds up to like two hours a day, which is not that much, you know? I mean... I mean, if you're hours, focused for two hours, then exactly, that's great. It's, focused practice is different than just shedding, right? So, yeah, work on the things that... You like the sound of, you know, I'm never going to be a good alternate picking guy. I also don't want to be because I don't like the sound, you know? Right. So why are you practicing it? It's a, it's a good warm up for both hands. Right. Know? Cool. So it's to get the, the blood flowing. That's usually the first one. The rest switches around. Right, you know? right, right. Yeah, it's funny. I'm in a similar position where every now and then I just practice. Like I never have a routine. I also never stick to the same thing for more than a week or something it's like i'm so bad at practicing like um but one thing that i'm trying to get better at my attention is on technique right now because uh there just comes a time when you listen to yourself and you're like something's missing and for me a lot of that time is not anything musical it's just like my technique isn't in the right place and so uh, as of i think it was the beginning of this week or something I just like wrote out some sort of schedule for like practicing picking technique. Nothing exciting at all. It's like not exciting. I put the metronome on and I play and I just keep practicing the same fingerings. And it's just about getting the two hands in sync more, really. It's not uh, that exciting, but something I feel like I need to go through to get everything going again. I listened to recording my sound. I don't know what it was. It's like I sounded like like out of shape like 
imagine like a pro runner who got out of shape and started running they would know mm. like you'd see in the performance how it wasn't like quite there even though they're still a pro and or they um, would at least experience it themselves that feeling yeah you know, yeah yeah and I, I anyway i listened back and after feeling like i couldn't get some ideas out i listened and i, I sounded like i just had fat fingers or something like i don't know what it was man and um so i feel like i need a little bit of like guitar cardio you know like get everything moving yeah. again and uh, so that's, that's what i'm focusing on i mean that's actually great to realize as well because you've analyzed your playing and you've determined for yourself that the thing you need to work on is technique but that is literally like lifting weights you you'll get better at it if you do it it's yeah. not like training musicality you know it's so, so much more vague of yeah. course you can also practice that but technique is pretty much like okay do this you just show show up and do the work and that's kind of what i like about that kind of practice is that i don't have to think too hard about what needs achieved yeah. it's more about going through the motions but that must be such a nice thing to realize you know like oh, it's not something musical that's missing it's just technique it's great. yeah i mean when it comes to practicing musicality which is something i spent more time practicing than anything like that's i fantastic. i didn't even think about technique through my first eight years or something like seriously man i was just thinking about music and that was the most important thing which is cool i'm glad i've done that but um obviously left some things behind because of it but when it comes to practicing like musicality you know so many other ways of getting getting into that and i feel like for me practicing musicality now is more about kind of like meditation than anything because i think that the more i am present in the music that is happening the more I'm really inside every note that I play with like a sense of presence, then it's more musical straight away. So it's like for me, if I'm trying to practice like, I don't know, the more kind of creative side of things without going into specifics about like practicing phrasing or different mm -hmm. rhythmic techniques or whatever it may be. Uh, the main thing for me is just like, are you present with what's happening in the music? And if That's you're not like... Advice. yeah. Yeah, because if you're, if you're not present and you're not really playing the music you know the music's kind of happening because your hands are doing it then there's i think there's a big disconnect between your sound and what's actually coming out yeah in a way i mean muscle memory will get you by totally exactly you, yeah and licks you, have their place you know but yeah you're you're totally right and it's it's a really nice way of putting it too you know the it's It'll make you more sincere and authentic practicing the way you just described, you know, or playing the way you just described because it doesn't have to be during practice. Yeah. So, yeah. Ideally, it relates to all aspects of life, really. Yeah. I was speaking to Jack again, actually, about this last night. Um, what we've been doing in our spare time is just like playing call of duty online together <laughs> yeah. just like sweating out playing that uh which has it's been great fun. to just clear the head you know yeah totally but we were chatting about this uh thing of uh it's run away from me what was i just talking about chris the mindfulness when you like being present in the notes in what you're playing yeah we were speaking about that last night. I can't remember what I was going to say, but uh, tune in next week for more. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, it's more for, for me. And I think maybe what we were talking about was about you being honest and being an honest yeah. musician. I think if you can strive to sound sort of like yourself in some way, um, it's always going to be easier to practice because exactly, you're not yeah. aiming for the sound of, someone else which is impossible i mean you can replicate and you can do really good replications but there came a time in my development i was like hmm i'm never gonna sound like this person who i love i may as well sound like myself because it's easier as a cop out yeah. but in that became sort of like uh, me being honest with myself and i think hopefully i sound a little bit like reese gilchrist right now um that's the goal do, man yeah i'd pick you out of a thousand videos so that's successful you know well that's good to so, hear so yeah but that's actually why i've made this practice schedule even though it sounds quite strict it's all things that i enjoy doing it's all things that i would all words or techniques that i would use to describe my own sound 
Yeah. And I'm just working on developing that more, you know, and using limitations in that is also something that's that can benefit you massively, you know, and that, that's kind of what I did. It's not like practice technique. It's practice hybrid picking or yeah. practice tapping some. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Um, one thing I want to ask you about before we uh, go our separate ways <laughs> is um, so you recently started a Patreon page, right? I did. Yes. Yeah. Cool. So what was the thinking behind that? It's been on my mind for ages to start something like that. Um, I just bit the bullet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my timing may not have been fantastic because it was right after um, everything went south with the situation here. Mm-hmm. So um, the first thing we noticed with book sales as well is that people, although they have more time, they also there's a lot of uncertainty right now so they're quite hesitant to spend money so it may not have been the the best move to do it when or to have started this page when i did yeah but the idea was to um put some more lessons online and get better at talking to a camera because there's a lot of um how do you say it uh, hidden content for the members yeah and um it's also a way of me, for me to reach students via a different platform all right i hope you enjoyed episode eight of sitting in there's links to Christoph's book and patreon and instagram in the show notes as always if you want to support what i'm doing you can click in the show notes and see a link to the merch And also feel free to share it on Instagram or leave a rating on iTunes.